From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up Talk Radio is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they'd always dreamed of. Each week, Powered Up Talk Radio explores innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes. Find out who you are, discover your purpose, and challenge yourself to be all you can be, right here, right now. Here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. everybody. This is Sandra Beck, and I've got a wonderful treat today. I've got one of my co-hosts from Military Mom coming on because she is somebody who has helped me design my best life. She was there before I got divorced. She was there during my divorce. She's there post-divorce, and she's actually been a big part of me designing my best life because you can look at a divorce as a failure. You can look at things as you know, mistakes. And, you know, Rob, I was reading this book um, last night called, uh, I can't remember the name of it now. Oh, rats. Um, But it's, it was, it talked about when you, when something's not working and you have to just take it back to the ground and build it back up, Mm -hmm. that that's not necessarily a failure. Mm-hmm. It's just a course correction as we go. And I was really excited to hear that because for many years I felt like my marriage was a failure. And mm-hmm. now it produced two great kids. It produced some great radio shows. It produced mm-hmm. some great books. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Extreme Ownership, that's the name of the title, Extreme mm-hmm. Ownership. Oh, okay. And it's written by a couple Navy SEALs about leading to win. And they talk about you know, teamwork. And it's really a book for corporate America on building Mm -hmm. and leading teams. But anybody who's raising kids on their own know that there has to be a strong, there's got to be strong leadership in the family anyway. But Mm -hmm. in a single parent household, there's got to be even stronger leadership. And I like to read leadership books because when they talk about building teams, Rob, I realized I couldn't build the team that I knew I needed to do to help my kids engineer their own success in that marriage. So I did build a new team and I did dismantle what I had built to build something even better. And, you know, as a result, the kids are doing great. My company's doing great. My Mm ex-husband's moved on and married someone else. You know, everybody's good. Everybody's good. You know, it took a decade. Um, Yeah, it did take a while. But I think part of that evolution is the fact that what your concept of perfect is at a given time may not be what is going to be perfect for you. I think so many times we have preconceived ideas of what we think our life is going to be. And when life does throw the monkey wrench in front of you and you have to take a diversion, it's uh, it's like a roadblock. You, they're doing construction. They've got uh, Main Street is ripped up. Does that mean, oh dear, I can't get to the supermarket? No, I'm going to take Second Street and I'm going to go around to... Uh, Maple Street, and then I'll get back to Main Street on the other side of the construction. There's 
workarounds. And that means that you, in your mind, have to look at what is going to get you to the end result. And when you're going through something catastrophic, when you're going through a life change, sometimes that's not clear. And I think that's when, and I remember many conversations with you, there were times that you just need to let it out. You need to uh, dismiss what is getting in your way and in your way could have been anger. It could be an illness. It could be um, something else in your life that got in the way. You need to acknowledge it, get it out of your way, and then find the detour that's going to get you to your end result. Well, and I think that's where, you know, once I got through, you know, the hurt, the anger, the shock, mm-hmm. you know, because I yep. had no intention of dismantling a marriage. Of course. You know? Yeah. And, you so, say I do with the intent of doing. Right. Right. No, <laughs> not at all. And, you know, my ex-husband had someone else. He had a place to move into. He had, you know, he just kind of moved from mm-hmm. one life to the other. Mm. And I was kind of left with all these questions, all these unknowns, of course. all these tatters. And you know, there was sadness, there was anger, there was fear. My mom was sick at this and dying at the same time. So that was a, you know, a little bit, and I had two really small kids. So those were some really significant uh, challenges. And in the beginning, getting through the day was enough, Rob. And then once I got the hang of it, you know, once I got my company back on track, once I got the kids to grow up a little bit, you know, they, they had to grow up. I mean, there's, you know, I didn't do that, but you know, it's a funny way to put it, but it was only until the kids started middle school that I could really think about designing my best life. You know, I was doing little things along the way, but, um, when I sat down to design my best life, I started out really prosaically. I looked in the mirror and thought, how do I want to look? Mm. I had cut all my hair off. I didn't like it. I wanted long hair. I had put on a bunch of weight. I didn't like that about myself. I didn't like the clothes I was wearing. Frumpy, dumpy, lumpy was me. Mm. So I couldn't fix all these things at once, Rob, but I could I could start designing those things. Then I looked at my bank book and I thought, oh, this is atrocious. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's nothing in there. So I started putting some small savings goals to put together to small yeah. income goals and um, working some little extra jobs here and there and putting that money aside for a vacation for some of these mm-hmm. things. And I remember I did this one job, Rob, and I bought this this fitness program and powder stuff, whatever that promised all this stuff. And I, I did it for 30 days and I did lose and it did work. And it was just enough to get me over the bump. Mm-hmm. I think you remember those days, like I went through like five or six diets and mm-hmm. I found one that I could do that I could afford. And, and, um, but it was a process and yeah. knowing how to use my time Mm-hmm. And designing my life was really hard because I felt I didn't have any time. And to sit down and plan things for my future and design my life felt like a frivolous waste of my time when I could be working. You know, there are times I think that we have to just accept the fact and be comfortable with the fact that we're not going to have the answer right now. We may have to evolve 
and those, and I'm always using parables and I'm using metaphors, but you do have to evolve sometimes because you may not, it's moving into a house. You don't know if you want green curtains in there, if you want Venetians, if you want sliders, you, you don't know what you want until you live there for a little while. And then you decide exactly what, oh, you know what? I really like those linen ones. Those are the ones that are going. Give yourself that time. And I think keeping healthy, your children and you healthy, first first off, uh, and then whatever you've got to do and whatever you need to invest in to keep yourself healthy and to give yourself some, some mental uh, health as well as some physical health, that's going to help propel you to the designing of wherever you're going to go. It's, it's an evolution and keeping healthy in the meantime is what you need to do. Well, or in my case, there was no point, Rob, and I want to thank you for being my guest co-host today Mm -hmm. uh, to talk about designing your best life because so much of it, Rob was, I was in poor health, Mm -hmm. you know, with the stress of being a single parent, being newly divorced, having my mom Mm -hmm. die during this time for me, I was caring for everything else but me. And one of the things that I had to do was get my health in order. I needed to eat better. I needed to work out. But the problem was I couldn't get to the gym between the kids ages and my work and all these things. Mm -hmm. And that's why I really want to thank uh, Peloton today because you know, Men's Health Magazine calls the Peloton bike the best cardio machine on the planet. And honestly, I cannot find a better workout that keeps me engaged, that gives me this immersive cardio experience, it has got real-time features, keeps me coming back again and again. Mm-hmm. I can work up a great sweat at home for less than the cost of a studio class. And the size is really tiny, so I can put it in my room. Well, this is what I love about a Peloton bike is the fact that it the, the footprint is four by two. It can really fit virtually any space in your home, no matter how small it is. And I love the fact that one subscription is all you need to get unlimited classes for the entire family. For you, now think about it. You've got the boys who yeah. each have different interests. Uh, your interests are different all of you can be taking advantage of these unlimited classes for the entire family without a commute, without reservations. And there's a thousand rides, thousands of rides that you can take on demand or anytime. That is one of the things that I love is the fact that at 5 a.m. when you're up before the rest of the family, you can do what's best for you right there on the bike. So well, and I like awesome. pop music. Like, you know, Zachy likes hip hop music. You know, yeah. Max is very much into country, you know, So to be able to curate your music, to design, to move and motivate you and to have Mm -hmm. live encouragement from top instructors, that's just amazing, Rob. I'd like to give our listeners a limited time offer, $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and Mm -hmm. you get a great cardio workout at home. Go to OnePeloton.com and use promo code POWEREDUP, like the show, to get started. That's OnePeloton. I'm going to spell Peloton for you. It's P-E-L-O-T-O-N. So OnePeloton.com and use promo code POWEREDUP to get started and get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get that great cardio workout at home because Rob, we talked about taking care of our physical health, a big part of my mental health and believing that Mm -hmm. I could 
handle being a single mom of two small children, handle burying my mom and building my company at the same time. Boy, you want to talk about a lot of stress. And really, Mm -hmm. the only way I could do all that was to make sure that I could burn off the stress. And what better way to burn off the stress was to get on one of these Peloton bikes and have somebody go, come on, you can do this. Because that encouragement in my head was meant to Mm -hmm. encourage me for my body. But I'll tell you, I took every minute of it and slurped it up and took that as, you know what? You can do this, not just the bike ride, but, but the encouragement from the instructors, I took it as I can do anything I set my mind to. And now years later, my company is successful. My kids are doing well. I buried my mom and I got through that. I don't think you ever yep. get over it. You get through I it. Through it. Sure. And I've been I like- able to take my dad into my home. I love the fact that there's a variety of themes with difficulty levels because I'm certainly in a lot different shape than you. I'm older than you. I'm I'm about half the as short as you. I'm four foot eight inches tall. But I, it does not matter uh, because there's such a variety of themes and difficulty levels and training programs that every experience is something new every time. And I love the fact that you do have that live encouragement from top instructors. It makes you. Want to come back for more well I can squeeze it in things like that's the thing it's like between my kids and my dad and my work and my you know the the indoor cycle classes that I teach yeah stuff for me and I need it to fit in my schedule and unfortunately a lot of my work schedule doesn't fit in like Mm -hmm. when I landed I had a New York to LA flight on was it Wednesday night last week Rob Mm, Wednesday yeah I can't remember I didn't get home till like 11 o'clock at night and my legs from sitting on the plane because we got mm-hmm. delayed. We sat in Phoenix for three hours. We sat on the tarmac in the rain and then I had to drive us home. So I was sitting. I couldn't, my legs wouldn't, they were like jittery. Yeah. And so to be able to hop on a Peloton bike and ride your heart out at 1130 at night, blow up a sweat hop in the shower. I slept like a baby and I bet you can't do that with anything else. I love it. I love it. Let's make sure that our listeners know exactly. Go to onepeloton.com and use promo code powered up to get started. Peloton is offering a limited time offer. Get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout at home. Go to onepeloton.com and use promo code powered up to get started. Rob, when you design your best life, I think, you know, fitness is at the root of it because if you don't feel good and you don't feel healthy, you don't feel strong, I think it's really hard to enjoy other aspects of your life. So kind of the fitness, mental health aspect of it, um, I used a lot of journaling and I didn't use the traditional go to the bookstore, buy a fancy journal, get a good pen. I would vent on napkins backs of my kids, homework assignments that were thrown out in the trash, a fast Mm -hmm. food bag. All I needed was a pen and a piece of paper. And sometimes I would use my iPad, my iPen, and I would be more formal or I would use, um, I've got an app on my phone called Day One that allows me to journal there and keep it secure. But most of the time, Rob, I just needed to blow off steam. I needed to vent or I needed Mm -hmm. to think something out. And when you sit down with a pen and paper, you don't have to spell it right. You don't have to have proper grammar. Nobody's going to read it but you. 
it allows you to pour that emotion onto the paper. Yeah. Where you don't have to call your girlfriends. You don't have to call your mother. You can just process some things. Some things are good to process with friends. Mm -hmm. Some things are good to process with a therapist. Some stuff, you're just mad and you want to blow off steam and maybe say horrible, awful things like I did Mm -hmm. (laughs) and rip it up and throw it out. Right. But it was a clear place to put it. That's a secondary benefit is that you're not keeping it. You are throwing it away. That is, you know, that subliminal throwing away the issue. It's not just throwing away the paper. And by ha- you are now in control of the fact that you had that feeling and you dismissed it and you destroyed it and you got rid of it. And I think that's a tactic that I think many uh coaches have used you write something down and you rip it up and you destroy it or you put it back together again with tape because maybe it's a goal that you couldn't do but by taping it back together it's still a goal it doesn't look the same it's going to look different but it's still a goal so I mean there's different ways of it's a tactic for different purposes but I think it's certainly a valid one because you don't need to uh, carry it around with you I love in the you know the movie the king's speech and he um the uh he talks to Bertie about the fact that his brother the king's picture was on a coin and he was saying you don't have to carry it around with you uh you can spend it and you can get rid of it but you don't have to carry it around with you and the burden of his brother teasing him because he stuttered um was something that he had to dismiss he had to get rid of it so that he then could be the king he was destined to be Well, and you know, sometimes, Rob, therapists have encouraged me over the years to keep these, um, you know, keep these things and read them later. And I did that the first couple of years, like, you know, the journals that I wrote about my mom being sick with breast cancer and dying and how I felt about the doctors and the the chemical companies and the drug companies. And I had a lot of thoughts, a lot of feelings, a lot of, um, and then to process my divorce and then the loss of my company, the loss of a home, like all these things, Rob, big, big losses for me. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at them one day, a couple of years later, and I didn't want them. They felt radioactive, like in my, I kept them in my file cabinet locked up because I didn't want my kids to read all the horrible right. things I wrote about right. the other parent. Yeah. And I burned them. Yeah. I burned them because I didn't want anybody reading them and I didn't. I went back and I read some of those things and you know what, Rob, they made me sad and they made me angry and they made me frustrated. And I thought, this is not why I wrote it. I wrote it to offload it. Right. So I think, you know, there's some people that, you know, if you want to go back and mine this later for a great story or a great book, be my guest. Mm -hmm. But if it's things that are incredibly painful or humiliating, you know, your spouse cheats on you, that's a good mm-hmm. one to journal yeah. and all these feelings, because you really don't want to blow out your family and friends with the same old story. Right. It's cathartic to be able to process it that way. And there again, move on. Same thing with me when I went through cancer. I was happy. I was fit. I was going along thinking everything was hunky-dory, had a, had a great family, I, you know, so forth and so on. 
then bam, I had a life-threatening disease. And wait a minute, that's not in my cards. That wasn't what I was wait, that, I didn't to do. design that into my life. <laughs> I didn't put that there. What do you mean? That was difficult to swallow. It was difficult to accept. That's where that whole new normal had to come to be because that term has been overused so much. But it is what it is. You do need to say, okay, I am faced with death. I am in my mid-40s. And what am I going to do about my children? My husband, I was taking care of my mother at the time who had had a stroke. All of these things I had to then say, okay. I can either crawl in a hole and say, what was me? Or I can find a way that I'm going to be the best darn sick mom that I could be, the best darn daughter, the best darn wife. And I am going to beat this. I'm going to get through it. And I truly believe that putting your mental state in order is the first way to get into whatever goal you're going to be, whether it's getting into health, whether it's getting into a new job. Think about the people who all of a sudden that pink slip comes in and you're thinking, oh, you know, life is glor- is, is a glory life. And all of a sudden the pink slip comes and suddenly you are looking at three paychecks away from uh, poverty. That's, that's a difficult thing to do. And you have to have, those are the kinds of things that you do have to kind of turn around and get a game plan a little more readily because you do have to pay the rent. You do have to uh, feed yourselves and so forth and so on. But I think sometimes we have to stop and say, okay, that's, that's wasn't in the plan. Now I need to find a different plan, not a better plan, not a worse plan, not a second plan of another plan. Well, and I think part of that Rob is, you know, like you talked about, like crawl in a hole and feel sad and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's okay to do that once in a while, like in oh, well, controlled sure. spurts. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, I used to, my therapist was really great, um, was really great because I, I scheduled her for every Thursday night and she was sliding scale and I could afford her and I would go there and I would kind of keep notes in my planner of what I want to talk about or what I experienced or what I feel mm-hmm. because it allowed me to put things aside for a while so that I could get the kids done. I could get the work done. I could get mm-hmm. things done that I needed to get done. Um, everybody needs an outlet. Oh, sure. And, you know, I couldn't go to my mom cause she was sick and dying. I couldn't go yeah. to my family because they were all caring for my mom. I couldn't go mm-hmm. to my friends cause I was humiliated. And one of the, my friends was the woman he was having the affair with. So, you know, that door is kind of shut. Um, <laughs> You know, those are things, real life things that happen to people. So I did use my insurance and then I went after my insurance was exhausted. I went on a sliding scale Mm -hmm. because I needed somewhere for that stuff to go. And she did direct me to go on some of these divorce blogs and with my mom to read the breast cancer blogs and read these um, pins that people put Mm -hmm. up in those days, the message boards. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they gave me a lot of comfort that I wasn't the only one. Cause I think that's the worst thing is if you feel you're the only one, yeah, that's a tough place to get out of. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times these come in multiples, you know, Rob, you had said when you had your cancer diagnosis, it was shortly or right around the time your mother had a stroke. Yeah. 
So it wasn't nice and neat. The stroke didn't happen four years later. The, you know, they don't yeah. always line up nicely. They're more like waves that come in on the ocean. And the first one knocks you down. The second one tumbles you over. And you're like scrambling in the water. And then it like bonks you in the back of the head. Then you yeah. throw up the seawater and crawl yourself out. But, you know, the point is that there's a lot of things today, Rob, that I didn't have 10 years ago. You didn't have exactly. 20 years ago. Right. With right. the internet. I mean, there is, there is counseling. You can participate online with a therapist digitally. You don't even need to leave yep. your home. Right, right. There's so many ways to find resilience. There are certainly going to a library. What is a library? My God, I haven't been to a library in forever. But if you don't have great internet service, um, there are libraries where you can be reading. You do have uh, usually community care. Uh, there are community systems. But then, of course, if you do have great insurance, you do have a good network, um, you're going to find a lot of information. And I think when you do have either a doctor or a therapist, um, going online, I know what I would do, especially when I was sick, I would read as much as I possibly could. And then I'd go in and say, all right, I read this study about XYZ. What do you think about it? I read um, so-and-so um, had a, something similar. It sounded like this. What do you think? How, do, how does that compare with what I'm experiencing? And to be able to go into any kind of therapy or uh, consultation with questions, with logical questions, not, oh my God, what's going to happen to me? You can certainly do that because you need to let it out. But you also need to say, all right, I read this. How do I fit into this? And, and, and have a little bit of, um, uh, of control over you and, and be your own advocate. I, nobody's going to be an advocate for you. You're going to have to be your own advocate. And I think the minute you learn that you are your own advocate is when the process of designing your best life begins. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, I, I was lucky that I didn't have a therapist that spent a whole lot of time in the past. Like, yes. you know, we dug up a few bones here and there, mm -hmm. but by and large, it was more about me understanding, like, you know, my feelings are temporary. Mm -hmm. You know, how I felt about something on a Monday morning was very different in how I felt about it a Thursday afternoon. You yeah. know, when you find out new information, Mm -hmm. You know, what felt really humiliating, you know, wasn't as humiliating when I saw it in a different light. Yeah. You know, I thought I was the one to be ashamed. Well, I wasn't the one, you know, doing behaviors that weren't, weren't positive to the marriage. So, you know, you can really think improperly. And when you're trying to design your best life, thinking clearly is really hard when you're in trauma or chaos, fear yes. or illness. That's where somebody in your life who has a little more objectivity is really helpful. Maybe it's a clergyman. Maybe it's a, a nurse that is, is a friend. Or um, it's, it is hard sometimes to have that objectivity. Uh, but there again, a good friend who knows you can say, you know, I, I think you're looking at this wrong. Think about our 
not as clearly, maybe not right. Right, or maybe there's the a word. better way to think about Yes, this. yes, that uh, having a good friend who's going to be honest with you. You know what? That dress really doesn't look good on you. You can, you know, have a good friend that's going to be that blunt with you. Well, it's it's the same when you're designing your life. You need somebody to say, you know, why don't you sleep on that decision before you, you go into that? Or, or you know what, you should really go for that interview because I don't know, that really sounded a lot like you, whether you think so or not. Well, and they can also provide memories. Like I remember Hoffman, first Sergeant Hoffman telling me, you know, Hey Sam, this divorce, your husband leaving you for someone else. He goes, I know it sucks right now. He's Mm -hmm. like, but you get a do over. And he goes, don't forget, you were unhappy. He goes, I remember how unhappy you were at the, you know, Marine Corps ball, at the Toys for Tots thing, and all these things that Mm -hmm. I hadn't really pulled up. And he's like, do you remember how miserable you were? You sat there by yourself at X, Y, and Z events. He's like, do you want that for the rest of your life? And he goes, you know, this might be, and he called it a get out of jail free card. (laughs) This might be your get out of jail free card. Or my one friend called it a do over. She goes, Mm. you know, some of us are in marriages that are really unhappy, Mm -hmm. but they're not anything so dramatic that you would rip it apart at the seams. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. she's like, yeah, your marriage was ripped apart and you know, your spouse left, but guess what? You get a do over. So the idea of, do we look at it as a failure and a loss or a chance to do it over and create something better for myself? And I look at, Mm -hmm. I'm so much happier, Rob, you, you knew me before you knew me during and you knew me after I'm positive. I'm bubbly. It wasn't always that way, (laughs) but I love my life now. And if you had asked me 10 years ago, I never thought the sun would shine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know, I think too, as we get older, um, there are a lot of times when you get retrospective and you say, oh gosh, you know, I don't know if I should have done that back in the 70s. (laughs) I don't know if I should have done that back in the 60s or whatever. There are times when you get older that you do get a little retrospective. And I think if you are carving the, the things in your life that you're doing the best you can, then when you get a little bit older, you are looking back and saying, you know, overall, it's been a pretty damn good life. (laughs) And you have that ability to start saying, all right, I did that. I did that. I did that. You know what? I can do a little more. And and somehow um, being able to look back and saying, you know, maybe that wasn't, wasn't the best choice, but you know what this was. And I think, um, carving out the things that are best for you. It it does evolve. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, It does sometimes take trial and error and sometimes we make mistakes, but you say it's not necessarily a mistake. It's just um, uh, a trial and you want to try and do something a little bit differently. Well, yeah, because like, you know, you can't know what you don't know. Hindsight's 2020. You know, you think of all these, you know, old sayings, but you know, the one thing that I really appreciated was, you know, um, my therapist used to say this great thing. She'd be like, Sam, what if? Yeah. Like, what if? Like, what if? You know, what if? What if? And she'd always ask me, like, what if? And um, I think um, when you when you play the what if game, mm-hmm. you 
can play in your mind, you know, because you're not, you're not 20 years old, you're mm-hmm. 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years old. So you got some mm-hmm. wisdom under your belt. Mm-hmm. And I like to redesign my life now every year when I go on vacation to New York, and I spend time with my family. And then I come home mm-hmm. here a lot of the time on the plane in the days after are reflective. You know, I do my Marine Corps event at, in December. So December is okay. always crazy. For, so for me yeah. to reflect on the year, get anything done, oh, forget it, not mm-hmm. happening. So mm-hmm. my new year, if you will, to design my new life happens after my big family reunion vacation. Mm-hmm. Because leaving there, I can remember how I was in years prior. Mm-hmm. Think about how far I've come. Think about what do I want? What really makes me happy? Because that changes. Yeah. And when you're designing your best life, you can sit down and play the what if game. But the other thing too, Rob, the the other words that I live by, and these are from Mark, Mark John Williams has the best, sometimes he tells me the greatest things. And I remember him saying shortly after I got divorced, he's like, Sam, if nothing changes, nothing changes. You know, because after my divorce, I was so like, I have to get married. I have to put a father Mm -hmm. figure in. I have to, Mm -hmm. I have to, I have to, I have to. And I was telling him this one night at dinner and he's like, why, why would you create the same thing that didn't work out? Why would Mm -hmm. you think you were going to somehow get different results? You know, like that insanity thing, like, you know, if you do insanity is really doing the same thing over and over and expecting different expecting results. Different results. He just said to me, if nothing changes, nothing changes. Yeah. Now change was really scary to me at that point. Oh yes. So it is for so many people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What I knew, but I started, do you remember my year of one change every week? <laughs> yes. Yes. That was like year two or three after my divorce, after my mom was buried and yeah. every week, I would go on Pinterest. I'd look around at books and magazines and whatever. Yeah. Find one thing to do differently that week, and then mm-hmm. see if I wanted to keep it as a habit. Mm-hmm. You know? And what it did was take a couch potato, turn her into a fifty-year-old indoor spin cycle team. Mm-hmm. You know, a syndicated radio host, like mm-hmm. published author, like all mm-hmm. really good things. Mm-hmm. But I only made one little change a week, and. The hardest one, you'll remember this, was the Diet Coke. Remember giving up yes. my Diet Coke diet? Oh, my God, yes. do it 4.30 every day. Yep, yep, exactly. It's a, it, I think there again, too, short-term goals is so much different than expecting that whatever you're thinking of 20 years later is going to happen. You've got to look at the short-term. You've got to look at short-term goals. You have to feel positive about the, short, the small steps that you've taken because you're not going to take another step unless you feel good about the one step you've taken. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's finding just, what's positive, finding that positivity. It's fuel. It's fuel. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think the hardest thing for me, Rob, was to to let go. Yeah, you know, yeah. because I had I was married to this person for ten years. I was. Um, you know, I had kids with this person. I planned to grow old with this person. I had a company with this person. Right. Like, there yeah. was a lot of untangling that I didn't want to do. And I was given no choice. You know, I had to dismantle these things. I had to untangle these things. Right. And if I'm honest, 
the fear kept me frozen. It's true. I think you have to um, acknowledge it. You have to look at it and say, all right, what am I afraid of? And then what am I afraid if it doesn't? You know, what is there to be afraid of? Am I going to go for another job? I could. I can find another job. I know I can find another job. So what am I afraid of? Yes, the comfort of what was what was a what was a constant and what was a known entity in my life is not there. But does that mean that I'm not going to find income elsewhere? Of course, I can find income elsewhere. Right. So that get, getting that frame of mind is is essential. It's it's totally um, it's a mind game first, and then it's a it's a physical step forward. Well, and I think, you know, that's where having the voice of reason, having somebody you can trust, someone who's guiding, you know, like Rob, you were a very big voice of reason for me. You know, you could listen to things and go, you know, stay on that, that maybe you should think about it this way or whatever. And then you would say things to me that said like, what are you so afraid of? Mm, Yeah, exactly. What What you have to think, all right. I, I lost the job that I absolutely love. Okay, I'm sad. I'm going to have a period of sadness. But there are other jobs. And there are other, you know, yes, I can, I can do other things. Um, there are other ways for in my life for friendship and, and companionship and happiness. And it's, it's a matter of moving forward. I just keep saying that over and over again. It's, it's finding that way to take the first step forward. Absolutely. I think it takes a village. It takes a team to design your best life. Mm. I also think you should look around to people who are really happy and Mm -hmm. enjoying what they're doing and successful in whatever terms you feel are successful Mm -hmm. because they do leave clues. Like I look at my brother and his wife, Jill, I love their relationship. When we go on vacation Mm -hmm. and I spend time with them, I really like the relationship and that's what I want. So I'm not going to settle for anything less. Now, if I can get more, great. Well, yeah. (laughs) But I look for things to model after. I look at you and Steven. You know, you're another couple that I model after. And, you know, so we look at these things. um, And in designing your best life, just take little micro changes like I did. And one a week for 52 weeks really, I think, was one of the best things that I ever did. Rob, I want to thank you for being my wonderful co-host today, um, designing your best life. Everybody should have a friend like Robin because I'm really blessed and she's a big part of my success today. We will be back again next week with another great show. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up Talk Radio is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they'd always dreamed of. Each week, Powered Up Talk Radio explores innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes. Find out who you are, discover your purpose, and challenge yourself to be all you can be. 